cool to have Sam and Mel um, with me again this morning. Um, and we're just going to continue along this whole theme of faith, of faith that sees the unseen. And we've been really grappling with this, guys, haven't we, over the last sort of six or seven weeks? Because, you know, uh, there's our version of the word, and then there's his version of himself. And I think it's so critical that we have vision, not purpose, but sight to see as God says. And so our vision creates his version of his word, and that enables us to live this life that the scriptures declare to us. And if we're not in that, then we're not able to live and we'll live a very temporal life. And, you know, one of the passages we're going to look at today in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 is this relationship between power and faith and uh, God's power that opens up this entire reality of faith, not our wisdom. Um, But if you're tuning in for the first time or this is new uh, as far as the topic, we've been looking at the righteous shall live by faith. And if we're not living by faith, because uh, we're right people, aren't we? And so it's, it's, it's like part of our identity. These people that have been made right are to live by this kind of faith. And last week we looked at this kind of faith, and it's a spiritual faith, and it's what makes us one with one another. And so to not live by faith is to not know what faith is. And yet that's the core for the church, and this faith is eternal. So just like... Hope is eternal, and love is eternal, and Christ is eternal. Faith is eternal. It's an eternal life that we've been called to live and to speak of and to bring into this temporal earth. And we said we don't live by natural sight, but we live by the ability to see this unseen, this kingdom of God, which Jesus said, repent because your kingdom is at hand. And so we want to continue unpacking and grappling and wrestling for this reality so we as his righteousness can live by this kind of faith that enables and empowers this full and confident life in Christ. It's a life that overcomes because we know the Bible says that we overcome the world the demonic, we overcome the flesh, uh, the temptations that we face and all those things, the trials by this substance called faith, which is a kind of a faith which is in a person called Christ. And so uh, we're just going to unpack that more today and have some fun. And as we said last week, if we have questions, uh, we'd love you to email questions into Greg at therock.org.nz and uh, that'll come up on the screen now and again. So feel free to ask those questions at any time and we're not in a hurry. Uh, it's one of the bonuses of, of having this online is we can, you can turn us off at home if you want, you can keep us on, but we're going to be just going through and I think we'll go a little bit longer than 12 o'clock today um, because we've got some scriptures to get through. But the main passage is going to be 1 Corinthians 2 um, verses 1 to 16. But I just want to start by praying. And just asking the Spirit to open up the reality of his realm. So Father, we thank you for this morning. Uh, We thank you for everybody that's online with us right now, whether they're here in Wellington, around this country, around the nation. We thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, you have such a divine life for us to come into. You have an eternal life that the Son came and modeled, a life that is above this earth. It's a life anchored firmly in the Son. Lord, your word says that he is the unseen one. 
and that everything is in this unseen realm. But he, the unseen one, came into the seen realm. You say the worlds were created out of not what was seen, but what was unseen. And we are to be a people who see and live from the unseen realm. We are to be a people of the substance of a kind of faith, a spiritual kind of faith that brings a oneness here in your body that we demonstrate this wisdom of God, this manifold wisdom of God on the earth as your body. And so, Father, we thank you for all the bodies that are gathering right now in this nation and the nations to worship, to praise, to release the fragrance of the knowledge of God into the earth to see your body established and raised at this time. So we ask you to bless this time. We ask you to bring revelation to us all, wherever we are, Lord, and just open up the ears and the eyes of our hearts to see and to receive every promise that is in the Christ that we're able to demonstrate you upon this earth and walk in the manner in which you walk. We ask this and believe for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we're going to just as they read from 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1 and I love the title of the Nasby guys. It says, you know, Paul's reliance upon the spirit. Mm-hmm. And Paul was a man that knew what it was to live by the flesh mm-hmm. and he was a man that knew what it was to live by the spirit. And I think I've said this plenty of times, but I believe Paul is probably the greatest example we have of flesh and spirit because he had an absolute reference for his life as Saul yeah. and he had an amazing reference for Paul. He knew the life he lived, you know, he said, I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. But then he turns around and says, but, you know, compared to knowing God and to knowing what it is to really know Jesus, all that was but rubbish. And so I just encourage you, if you haven't really seen Paul as a, as a figure, as a type, as a foreshadowing to study. I know for myself, I, I look at his life and I go, well, he's the one that said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So what is it and how did he go from being a man Saul of the flesh to a man Paul of the spirit? And then continue to grow in the spirit because he said, you know, I no longer live, but this life I live, I live by faith in the eternal one, the one of faith. And so I just see him as a key part. And he's saying, this is my reliance upon the spirit. He says, and when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And that's a passage we're going to unpack today. Verse 6, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God predestined before the ages of our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For had that understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. And you know, we're going to unpack that because it's this power that brings this to light. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? 
Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. For for we, sorry, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Verse 14, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things. Yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And this is an incredible, powerful chapter. And there's so much to dig into in here. We won't obviously get through it all today. But um, we'll give it a good go. But, um, you know, I just wanted us to look at this verse 5 and then we can dance around the rest of the verses and stuff. But, you know, so that your faith, and remembering faith is what we are to live by. We are to live by this faith, this ability to see in the unseen, would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. This ability to see the unseen isn't resting on our intellectual ability to understand the scriptures. It's not resting on my ability, my intellect, um, to study in my own ability. It's resting, and Paul is warning us, it needs to rest on God's power. So Sam, just some of your thoughts in relation to that. Cool. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, I feel like it's such a such a massive verse, eh? so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. You know, and I feel like we've talked over the last number of weeks. There's there's two types of wisdom, eh? You know, there's wisdom that comes from from man that has reasoning and intellect, but then the wisdom that we've been talking about is a divine wisdom that's received by power within us that actually changes us hey you know and this is meditating on these scriptures this week you know like paul starts by saying that you know um i was with you and he and he says and my message and my preaching were were not unpersuasive words of wisdom but a, a demonstration of the spirit and of power and even before that he talks about not wanting to know anything except christ and him crucified you know and to me i'm like Paul Paul desires to know something, and he says it's it's Christ and Him crucified, you know. And I, I just think for, for for a long time in, in human history, it's almost been like um, if if we can just prove that the resurrection is physically real, then that would prove that that God is real, and so therefore we would know. You know, we would have something to be able to show that God is real. But Paul's not talking along those lines at all. You know, he's saying that like he the the knowledge that he's talking about is not an intellectual knowledge of the cross or of the resurrection. The knowledge that he's talking about is experienced knowledge. Eh? That he's saying the reason why I know the resurrection is real is because I've actually experienced the resurrected life in me. Now, Paul was the only one of the apostles that actually didn't physically. In the flesh, see with his eyes the resurrection, but he knew the resurrection more than any of the people who actually physically saw it because he had received the reality of the resurrection within him, you know. And to me, this is the difference between the wisdom of man, which isn't necessarily um, wrong, you know, but it's, it, it's 
but the wisdom of man has no ability to bring to light the resurrected power and life of Christ within us that actually changes us, you know. And to me, that's what Paul received—not the, um, not the intellectual knowledge of the resurrection, um, but the power of it that changed him, you know. And so, to me, it says his, his knowledge doesn't rest on the wisdom of man, something that he's been taught. It rests on a power that he's received that's changed him, yes. you know. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, he, he goes on and, and he, he almost talks about himself, you know, where he says, we do speak among those who are mature wisdom, however, not of this age, um, because if, certainly if they'd known they wouldn't have crucified Christ, and yet he is partly one of those people that were doing that. You know, he, he sanctioned the death of Stephen, um, and, you know, he's there, and... Uh, that's what I love about him is that he is a, he is a physical example. He is a type of life that we are to become because he has this reference yes. and he is always sharing. Really, his letters are his testimony, aren't they? You know, he testifies for us um, just how badly he got it wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Really, that's, that's what right. I read. How badly I got it wrong and how badly I'm, how well I'm getting it now in Christ. Right, because and it's not based, and I identify myself with the reality of being one who was actually thinking I was in something through the intellect of studying the law and the Torah and the instruction, and you know, saying by that I was as right as you could be, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, I'm so outside of God's yes. design, and yes. by the grace of God. You know, and I love what you talk about there in Galatians. It says that Paul received the gospel through a revelation of the person, of the power, the resurrected. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He is the power. You know, he said, It's not through the agency of man. And yet that's how I was trying to enter into a realm. And yet look where it got me. You know, and so he then writes it about there, really. He's identified himself with and. Even how he starts, you know, when I came to you, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. I didn't come like that, you know, and yet so often that's what I think we we uh, look to. Elevate. We yeah. elevate. That's great. It's a great word, Mel. We elevate it. We, this, oh, the one that is the orator, the one that can say it so well or has all the clicky little words and the nice phrases that we yeah. attach to right. and yet we miss the one that might be stumbling over his words we miss the one you know, yeah. Paul says yeah. I'm not, they, they say I'm not very uh, well in speech mm. I'm not very mm. articulate mm. but he says I am a man of knowledge yeah that's right you know I am a man who knows who who has a faith yes. because of a power yes. that I experience and I love that because he could have come as an expert because he was an expert in the Torah and in the laws. So he, you know, he, he could have, but he didn't. And, he, and I love how it says, he, he, like you said uh, earlier, saying that he comes with one message, one singular message is to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Um, and, and even his approach hey, with the people where he talks about, you know, he says, <clears throat> um, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And it's like, Paul, who uh, has uh, all the rights to be completely self-confident, 
in what he on in the in the knowledge of the Torah and the laws and all of that. But he he comes with a fear and trembling because he knows the single the single most important message is Christ and Christ crucified, and just being in such awe and reverence of the gospel and the power he comes in fear and trembling and I love that I love that because that you know it's in our weakness that his power is displayed and um yeah it's it's that beautiful thing of Paul of just he he could come in all these forms but he's so convinced and so empowered by the power of God and the message of that that that's the only thing he wants to share because it's the only thing that's important Mm. And, I, and I love that it says that he says I was with you you know he, yeah. he didn't come outside of them pointing at them and saying here I'm here to teach you you know yeah. he says I'm here I'm here to be with you you yes. know and in being with them it, it says that in, in my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words but in demonstration of the spirit and of power you know yeah. that that him coming was primarily not even to, he wasn't just there to fly in speak a word and fly out, you know. Mm-hmm. He was there to be with them, and it was the being with them that he demonstrated what it means to live from this life of the Spirit. His life was the demonstration, yes. and his words were just a, a further expression of the demonstration of Christ's life and power within him that mm-hmm. was demonstrated in, in being in, in community, you know. Yes. And I think to me that that's very different than this like transactional type relationship you know where you come to to do something deliver something and then you're gone you you know actually no he he was there for the purpose of discipleship for community for togetherness you know and it was in that environment that sometimes someone's life and character and who they've become speaks louder sometimes than even the words that they speak you know Mm -hmm. and then the words they do speak have a greater weight and authority um because they've come from a place of demonstration and not just Intellectualization, you know. Yes, that's so. right. That's right. Yeah, I think he's fully aware of his inability to um, to be able to live this reality out. You know, so when he when he says, you know, um, I determined to know nothing except now Christ and Christ crucified. It's because what I thought I knew, even his knowledge of the law, um, was actually skewiffy. Because if he'd actually had true knowledge of the law, he wouldn't have acted the way he did. So he's actually realizing what I thought I knew. And this is for us too, because so often we can think, oh, you know, we know this, we know that. But unless we're able to demonstrate a reality, we don't. And so he's saying, you know what, guys, I've realized the only way to life is through the cross. And I'm a baby. I'm already starting all over again. I know nothing. You see, I thought I knew all this thing through the law, but even that was wrong because the law was spiritual. And so just like the Pharisees, if they actually knew the law, they wouldn't have crucified the one of the law. So they didn't know the law. They had their version because they only had their vision of what the law was. You know, I love that fact that, that um, you know, no one could keep the law because the law was spirit. And yet, you know, you're a messenger of this reality that you really know nothing about, but you think you do. You know, so like Nicodemus, you know, when Jesus turns up, he says, you're the teacher of Israel. How come you didn't know this? Because if you knew, certainly you would know I was coming. And so why is your behavior opposite to what it should be if you actually knew the law? The fact is you didn't. 
and now you're about to crucify me. And that's where he goes to there because you can't see. You know, so certainly they wouldn't have crucified Christ if they'd actually known the law because he came to fulfill the reality of the law, you know, because their whole version again, because they weren't people of faith. They maybe thought they were, but they weren't because the demonstration of their life demonstrated what they were of. And so he's really addressing this and saying, you know, it's that that was me. And this is now me. I come. My life is the demonstration of my faith. And so if we don't have a life that demonstrates faith, we probably don't have faith. Or we only have such a, a tiny bit. Our faith is like, well, I do know God is real. Mm. You know? But you know, he addressed the disciples and said, You guys have little to no faith. You don't yet have the capacity and the ability to see what's already written the place I'm living my life from. So your behavior is opposite. You know, you set your mind on your man's interests, so then your behavior is opposite to what it should be right now. And we will always operate opposite, and we will be the stumbling block if we're not faith, but it's power that brings us in, you know. And so Paul, Saul, his reality of what he thought was based on his wisdom. And so you get that demonstration, don't you? You know, I just think to me that that is so dangerous, eh? To base your faith on man's wisdom, you know, and that really you're you're basing on a fantasy of even of intellectual words or something that you have conceived in your own mind or something that you've heard from another person, you know. And while the context here is the Paul and the law, it can be the same in modern day Christianity, right? You know, that our our version of God or our perception of God is something that's that we've thought of in our own mind or something that we've heard from our parents or even from our own reading of scripture well intended, but outside of revelation. Eh? And to me I just th- those words um you know, it's like it's a it's a warning from a loving father, eh? You know, don't let your faith, don't let what you see rest on man's wisdom. Let it let it rest on something that is actually eternal that you can base your life on. You know, and to me, uh, as I was thinking about, you know, what 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 would that look what would that look like as a typology? I'm like, man, it, that's like putting your entire life savings in a pyramid scheme. You know. It's like you've you've heard a fantasy version of something that you think's going to pay off in the end, but you don't really know. But you've 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 had something painted up, and it sounds good, and so you, and, and you're and you're willing to place your entire life, your entire life savings, in, in what could ultimately be nothing, you know. And to me, if we base our if if our faith, if what we see rests on man's wisdom. That is such a dangerous position because you are having to guess. You're not actually, um, you're not operating from what you've seen, tasted, experienced. You, you haven't actually um, entered into the realm of the spirit, like you said, um, having received the power of God. And I think faith, literally, the word means divine persuasion. You know, you haven't received revelation knowledge that you are convinced that what God has says is is real and true because you've seen it, 
tasted it, experienced, you've lived from it, it now is substance as opposed to um, a vain imagination. Eh? You yes, know? that's right. And so it, it's, it's dangerous for us if we've been Christians for a long time to just go along with what we've heard without having never pursued and entered into the living reality of Christ that we can base our life on. And the difference between our life savings is that not, you know, that, that seems small compared to basing your entire eternity on something that you've just heard from someone else or just read about without actually mm. having received the power of God within you that, that opens up the gospel, Christ realm that's convinced you in such a way yes. that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt who he is, what his purposes are and what it is that he's um, done for us and in us and through us so that we can live from it. Hey? You know? That's right. Because so. when, when Paul would speak, speak the word, it's that logos word mm. that is always speaking to a conclusion, always speaking to the fullness, the the end, you know, um, compared with man's wisdom where you say is like guesswork, you know. If I think of the age we're living in even today and the, the, the people who are experts in, say, psychology or history or, or whatever, they, it even with all the uh, learning and understanding and experiencing, um, it, it's not a conclusion. It hasn't. It doesn't have a final end to it. It's it's still a discovery and working out, you know. But it says that Christ is the the power and wisdom of God. Christ is the power and wisdom of God, and so Christ in us is the wisdom and power of God, which which gives us. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not like the life experience we can attain in our short life. We now have the knowledge of Christ, who is, you know, the Rock of Ages, <laughs> you know, who was before time and is after time, and so that's that's the wisdom that created the world into being. You know, who was the the beginning of uh, every other concept that we can try understand today. Do you know what I mean? All the things that are floating out there. It's not like we, we were saying, it's not, those aren't bad things. I, I'm curious about different subjects in today's world, but it's not, it's not the it's divine not, wisdom. Right. It's just that's enticing right. the human mind. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest differences between man's wisdom and God's wisdom is God's wisdom is that divine persuasion that has the powerful demonstration that is innate to it and, and is you know um, it brings what it knows into being where man's wisdom is very much uh, just what entices the human mind and um, curiosity yeah. you're, de- you're describing a true knowledge mm. and a true knowledge enables a true behavior yeah. And, and ultimately, that's what wisdom is, you know. And, and so often we think wisdom is, is our intellectual knowledge of a topic rather than wisdom being the demonstration of God, this tangible demonstration of God upon the earth. Jesus was the wisdom of God because yes. he demonstrated God, that's you know. Right. And it says in Ephesians that the manifold wisdom, the manifold demonstration of God is to come through us. Well, that is impossible unless we're people of faith. And if if we're not having a faith where the power, the resurrected power, the power that rose Jesus from the grave is opening up a realm Mm -hmm. which is invisible, Mm -hmm. which enables us to hear and see, you know, 
No, no ear has yet heard, no eye has yet seen what all, all that God has already prepared. So these promises are just sitting there waiting to be revealed through this power, which speaks of operating systems. So Paul is addressing the operating system of man, the learning systems. You know, come to me and learn from me. No, go to X, Y, and Z, and you can learn yourself and come into this reality. No, we can't. So this is addressing the operating system, and we either love it or hate it, you know, and it's addressing two trees, it's saying, do you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or do you partake of the knowledge of revelation? Mm. You know, one tree is full of logic, reason and rationale, but the root system of that dead, uh, that tree is dead. Mm. So it produces a knowledge which is good, a wisdom which we would say, but it doesn't enable life because yeah, it the enable. root system's dead, eh? That's the difference. The other tree is the tree of power. Christ, wisdom. Now, this is a tree of revelation, and that's what Paul is addressing. I didn't receive this ability to live this new life through partaking of that tree. I partook of the person, the tree. Who's the vine? You know? I am the vine. I am the true vine, it even says. I am the one of life. And so he's really addressing operating systems. Man's operating system is man educating man. God's operating system is Messiah educating man. And it's like when I wrote in the book, in the Imitate Me, yeah. you know, in, in chapter one, and I knew the book wasn't yet complete. I didn't have this. And I was praying, going, God, what? I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And, uh, you know, through looking at Paul saying, I studied under Gamaliel, you know, and it hit me like that. The Spirit said, see who he studied under? Man. He never studied under Messiah. He studied under man. And so you get man's wisdom, which was Saul. Mm, mm. As the product, wasn't it? That was the Saul product was of the his, product of that's human right. teaching. And so that's why he's saying here, it's me. My life is the literal demonstration of what I was partaking of mm. okay? as Saul. Yeah. Same for us, you know. And he goes, but. I love, but God, mm. you know, mm. I encountered God. Mm. I received through the laying hands of Ananias the Spirit of God, and it opened up. Oh my goodness, I actually received Christ. And so I'm saying it's all I know. And I've got to start again, you know, come as a child. I've actually got to come into a brand new right. knowledge, a brand new faith. And now I know it's through power. It's not through what it used to be. It's through power and power alone. Mm. It's through Jesus Christ. Mm. I think what you're saying about power is is so massive, eh? Because you know, man's wisdom can make you more intelligent, but it can't make you Christ-like. You know, <laughs> and, and to me, that that's that's what you know. We we mu- you know we must receive revelation power on the inside to be able to have our the eyes of our understanding opened up to what Christ has done and for that the work of that you know the work of the cross to be living and real within us eh? you know and I know for, for me this has been such a this has been such a massive thing and um, I know I've shared you know little bits and pieces before about the journey that I had with my granddad who was a real hero at the time for me you know and, and he had spent his whole life 
um, you know, being a, a preacher and a missionary, and it's you know, in his seventies, decided to completely walk away from his faith. You know, and you know, he, as I talked to him, he said, you know, I've I've just got I've got so many unanswered questions, is what he'd say, that I can't reconcile. You know, and 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 here's a man who I, I think was genuinely wanted to know God but only knew one operating system you know it was learning from man and it was like a cloud without water you know and and I think it you know he he was so capable that it took him into his 70s to realize that 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 operating system was empty you know and and I as you know as a like as a young guy having these conversations I I know I've shared before it, it it shook me to the core you know and I I just remember like I don't know what it, I don't know what it was. Looking back in hindsight, well, I, I do. It was as the Holy Spirit. You know, I just knew that in, in hearing that, that I couldn't find my answer in trying to prove him right or wrong based on an intellectual discussion. You know, it it drew me to my knees, and you know, and and I, I felt like, man, if if I can describe or articulate what it was that was welling up within me, is like, man. If, if God is real, I have to know for myself, you know, and that I, it, it's hard to put words to what that longing looked like. I just, there was such a desperation in me that I was like, I need to know in a living and real way if God is even real. And if he is, I need, I need to, to lay hold of that myself and, and, and there needs to be evidence and proof of this being real. And the only thing that I knew how to do was to just find myself. I just found myself in the, you know, and I've said before in the bush and, and crying out to him, you know. And it, what I what I encountered was not an argument that countered that. I feel like I I received something that was living and real that convinced me in a way that intellect never could, you know. And those questions that he had that he was answered. I couldn't answer. I still don't even have answers to those questions, but actually, I have the answer. You know, because I've I feel like I res- what was opened up was was Christ Himself, this living knowledge, and I feel like I'm I, I, I've been so convinced of who He is that, that 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 has has become more living and more real than the questions that that were posed. You know, and so while I don't have answers, I actually. I've, I've got the answer, and while I can't articulate to you how and what and when and why the resurrection, I've received resurrection life on the inside that has been so divine and it has changed my entire being, you know, so dramatically that I'm convinced in a, in a way that I've, I've received something of power that's opened up a completely different way of thinking and seeing. There's a love in my heart for God that I never that was never there before that f- that flows like a river, you know. And so, you know, when we talk about faith being divine persuasion, I've been persuaded through the power of God within me, not because of a, of a wise argument, you know. And I just, you know, to me, it's like you know, and even I don't, I can't even engage in a conversation in that way anymore. You know, yeah. to, to try and convince someone or not convince someone whether God is real based on the historical evidence, it's like, well, we can talk about that for about thirty seconds, but if even if I do convince you, I'm not going to be able to convince you. You know, I had a conversation. Oh, oh, I, I I'll start. I'll start talking about. It, um, <laughs> but I just feel feel like that that. That to me, this has been so real in my life, you know, in, in terms of having to 
to receive the power of God to unlock the supernatural realm and a kind of knowledge and a kind of faith that isn't based on intellect, but is based on eternal life, based on revelation by the Spirit. You know, it's absolutely essential for us to to know Him in that way. And that's where everything is simple, isn't it? That's right. That's where the simplicity is because He shows you. You know, he opens it up. He shows you, and then he imparts it in you. And so that's where, you know, Paul said, I think you guys, you're losing the simplicity because you're being led astray in your minds. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to understand this reality through the intellect. And, and the enemy's having a field day with you because he knows how you're trying to understand. And you've lost the simplicity and the purity. Um, and, you know, some people say to me, it's really hard. I said, no, it's only hard when you're in the wrong operating system. The simplicity is found in the spirit. Mm. And and he just, through his power, starts to show you this eternal, which is now. Mm. It's not an eternity. And, you know, we, we may get to Hebrews that we looked at, you know, where there are promises that are now and there are future promises now, but they're all for now. Mm. And Jesus is the promise and every promise is in the Christ. Yes. And this power, which is resurrected power, which you see about everywhere, is the thing that brings us into faith. And I love it, that word rest. You know, there's just, how many Christians do you know are at rest? Mm -hmm. Really, Sabbath rest, you know, which is another promise. Well, how do I get into this rest? You know, I'm I'm stressed, I worry, I'm anxious. Like, I, I, I go away and all I do is worry and stress and rest. Yeah, because it's not physical. It's the same. You know, may your faith rest in this ability which isn't yours. Man, we struggle with that, eh? You know, it's like, what do you mean it's not mine? Yeah, it's not about what you do. It's about what he does. You know, it's like, and I love what you're saying there about, you know, this whole thing about trying to reason with people. Well, that's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, so I'm not saying we don't enter into discussions, sure, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many arguments you win. And I've done this. I've won arguments with people and said, so you're ready to receive Jesus? No. But everything you've said, I've, we've removed through an intellectual discussion. He said, but yeah, but that's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, rationale, reason. Revelation hasn't happened because I can't bring revelation, but I can enter into discussions in the mind And hence this power that's outside of our ability. That's what I love about it. And that's actually where all the rest is, outside of our ability. And yet we don't necessarily like that. Yeah, and it it is. It's it's outside of us. It's not something we can even try get. It's outside of us, but it happens to us, doesn't it? It it just happens to us. And like you say, we we can't um, be convinced through arguments or rationale you know, and I think of Stephen, how the synagogue, it says that they couldn't resist how Stephen spoke with wisdom, spirit, and the power. And I love I loved that because Stephen pretty much just gave like a history lesson to them and, you know, like completely schooled them. But it was the demonstration, you know, that, that while they were stoning him, it's like Paul standing right there. And, and I... I personally believe, and this was just a time of spending in the Word with with the Father, that he once said to me, you know, Stephen was like a goad to Paul. Paul watched on and saw the demonstration of God's power 
in this man who was declaring the word and and like you know like I was just saying that um, they that they could not resist it they could not withstand and I think that was definitely part of the goad that was in Paul's side when you know Jesus came and said why are you you know persecuting me and but I mean that's that's one right that's that's one over when you see someone demonstrating the power of God and someone that's not qualified yeah wasn't an apostle just filled with the spirit and from their perspective you know you're schooling us you're teaching us Mm. and that spirit of pride that's in Mm. man in Christians because we still think we know more because we may have A, B and C letters behind our name or whatever we've, we've studied. We call ourselves theologians or I'm not knocking that. We've gone to this school or that school or this and you go, yeah, but actually, are you able to live this life? And there's someone who has none of that turn up and the, the pride in you misses it because they're able to say something and live something you have no clue about because your whole operating system is earthly and temporal, not actually in him. Hasn't come through the cross, hasn't come through resurrection, hasn't come through power. It's come from your ability to try and understand something. So when you're presented with it in front of you, you don't know what to do apart from attack it because it's threatening your very reality. Very threatening. As the one who's supposed to be in this position, who has a title. and You know, I've, I've experienced this myself, and I've seen this throughout the years, you know, and this is where, you know, even people who have a gift of teacher on their life can get in trouble because unless that is infused and is defined by the resurrected power of God, it's still defined by us. And so we, we pride ourselves on our intellectual knowledge, and people love that stuff. You know, because it's like flesh talking to flesh directly, and yet it's the ability to live. And one turns up who comes from an eternal realm, out of a place, who is a nobody. You know, like a John the Baptist, just who's that guy? He's a nobody, but he's a somebody. You know, and he's got this power within him, and he speaks of a reference and a knowledge that's a fragrance. And you're like either yes and amen, or like, which is what we see here, which happens today too because it threatens the operating system eh? it threatens our pride and how we've come to this and you need me because I have this you know we'd say I've got knowledge and knowledge is power and so we set ourselves up where we actually do it so so people need us as opposed to actually we're in this resurrected humility and it's like about seeing others elevated and seeing others raised above us um, because we're not afraid of people you know because We've got this faith that rests on not us. And it just reminds me of Paul, you know, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to come to you, and when I come, I'm going to test not the words of the arrogant, yeah. but their power, yeah. you know, because the kingdom is not a matter of talk, yeah. but of power, That's you right. know. And, and, and he's saying, like, you know, when, I'm coming, when I come to you, I'm not looking for how well articulated you are. I'm going to. I'm looking for a, the demonstration of a certain kind of life, you know, because I know that that's what the gospel's done in me, and that's what I know God's purpose is for His body. Eh? You know, it's not that we would just sound like Christians, but that we would actually live and right. and be Christ-like. You know, yeah. and we're not saying that we don't want to articulate things well, are we? Because I know you, Sam, and, and you articulate things very well, and we've talked about that. But we are saying that that's not the primary purpose. You know, and words are important, but that's not what that's not the primary. The primary is the ability 
to live something that actually comes from another realm that looks like foolishness to some, you know, to lay your life down. Mm. It's not it's not the primary and it's not the power, That's you right. know. But yeah, we, we put full effort, hey, into into um yeah, declaring what is that that is unseen. And I love how Paul says, you know, um in Thessalonians, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power, the Holy Spirit in and in much assurance, you know, with much deep conviction, first-hand experience, this internal knowledge by Christ in me. Um, as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. I love that again. It's because it's that kind, you know, what kind of men we were that are of this kind of faith. Um, that again, it's like he, he's saying, it's not just about the words we brought, but it's about the power that came with it, the deep personal conviction that it's not windy words that are up there, but it's our personal experience, conviction. And then he goes on to say, you know, even um, you could test that by seeing what kind of men we were with you. You know, the demonstration was even while we were with you, you knew what kind of men we were, which again, you just can't separate the word without the power. You know, it has to go hand in hand. Um, And it, I wouldn't even just go hand in hand. It's, it's almost a a, a triple threat, you know. It's <laughs> it's the word power, and uh, it, it has to be a personal power. It has to be a personal conviction, um, not of someone else's, you know. And that's where it defeats any argument because you can't argue someone's personal experience, you know. Yeah, and transformation. And it's the challenge, um, and we've got a really cool question here. Um, but I just, you know, like in, in looking at, at this here, um, it talks about this wisdom being hidden, you know. And this is the thing is that I'm not sure if we fully grasp the reality that, that you know, it says in Hebrews that, that um, Jesus is the unseen one, but he came into the seen realm. Okay, but he's from the unseen, isn't he? You know, so this, all this reality is hidden. And unless we really realize that from revelation, you know, you'll never realize what you need to attain what's in the hidden realm. I mean, God loves to hide things. You know, I'm the God. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search out that matter, you know. And so we realize we're in a realm that's actually hidden from us, but for us. And so how do I access what's actually hidden? Well, he tells you through power. You know, not through your ability. It's through my resurrected ability. You know, and 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 once again, we, it brings us to our knees. It brings us to this repentance because you go, I can't. I fundamentally can't enter into this wisdom, this life, this eternal faith, which is hidden because I can't get in. I don't have the key to open that door. He does. You know, and um. I just think that's such a massive thing, which is related to this question, but do you want to... And I was just going to say, and I think even related to the, the um, part of the passage, you know, the, the second part of the passage where he says, you know, no, I have seen what has not even entered into the heart of man all that God has for those who love him, you know? And to me, this comes back to what you're talking about, about it being in this hidden realm, you know? 
it hasn't even entered into natural man's heart or mind to even ask the question about whether there's a, a, a an unseen realm there for us to access, right? You know, and to me, I just like even like like for someone like. Levi, our three-year-old, it just has not entered into his mind what it would mean to go to work, to earn a living for his family. Every day we sit at the table, how was your day, Daddy? You know, And I tell him about work, but it has not entered as a three-year-old. The, the thought has not entered one single time into his mind about what it would mean to go to work, to earn a living, to feed your family. It's because of his... Um, measure of sight it's it, the thought has not even conceived there and as natural be, having been born into Adam the things of the, the the true things of the spirit the things of God you know we're talking about you know um, you know what it means um, to be made right in righteousness you know what what it means to to know God what it means to to be justified what it means you know everything in the unseen realm has never even entered into our minds unless we receive revelation by the Spirit through power. Eh? We're, we are absolutely completely blind to it. It will never enter unless we're laid hold of by God who opens that up through power. You know, And it can even be declared and we are no better off because eh? we don't hear it. Uh, I love that. I love that, Sam. I, and it makes me think of um, this conversation we were having with the Coles the other night, actually. Hi, Coles, if you're listening in. Um, and they were talking about how these scientists try to create the human cell. They had um, almost pulled a human cell out and kind of worked out what elements make a human cell. And then they tried to pull it back together, and it just became glug and actually poisonous. You know, and... and just with what you were describing there, not it hasn't even the, the the wisdom of God, the things that are beyond man's understanding has has not even come into the natural man's heart. It even that I think you can work so hard at at trying to work out life and you know um, the the human the human being, and yet by our own ability. All it creates is slug or even poison, you know, where where there's something beyond the human cell that that we can't even comprehend, you know, that what what's behind that, and um, it's only through God's ability that we can come to understand and have the knowledge of these sort of things, you know. But it <laughs> it is it's like a wider world eh, that surrounds the little. The little little lives, yeah. Because it's the true life he came to bring, isn't it? You know, and just as you're talking, you know, just my eye, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness because he cannot understand them. Like, he cannot because they are spiritually appraised, you know. So we try, though, but you cannot understand them, you know, and so you try harder. And you try hard and you just keep trying, keep trying, thinking it's going to come through the same operating system, but it never does. Um, and it produces its version of itself, you know. And imagine, to me, imagine trying to be a teacher and, and not understanding that you will try and try and try and try your whole life to bring someone into understanding that they cannot into, into right. without the spirit, right. you know, and yep. to me it's like, man, you know, like to to be a, to be a teacher, even in a, even in this context, okay. 
you will, you will burn yourself out so quickly because you're trying to do something that is literally impossible. You know, God has said that you cannot bring someone into revelation. You know, you see what I'm saying? You know? And to me, this is the difference between. And he talks about false teachers and true teachers, you know, and a, and a true teacher doesn't even doesn't engage in trying to convince someone with a good intellectual Christian spiritual holy argument, you know, but but true teaching is about actually the ability by empowered by the Holy Spirit to open up and to testify of this unseen realm, which is actually easy when it's in Him because you've seen it and you've tasted it yourself. You're not trying to engage someone through the tree of knowledge and good and evil. You're leading them to, to the, the true source of life, which is Christ Himself, which you have no ability to do, but you can testify of and hope and and and. and and as you're speaking, you provide opportunities for people to, to taste and see what it is that you've tasted that that leads them and shepherds them to this place of, of him being the true source of life, eh? you know? Yeah, awesome. All right, here's a question. It's from uh, Jess. Hey, Jess, how you doing? Thanks for sending it through. You are describing a reality that is received through the power of God through revelation by the Spirit. We have been talking about this in our group. One of the questions that has come up is that if the only way to receive this is through revelation, then does that mean we do nothing and wait for him to give revelation? What is our part in this? Not just sitting back passively, but positioning ourselves to receive and having the desire to receive. So what's our role in the reality that, yes, God is the only one that can reveal, do we play a part in that? Is there a part that we play that we just are entering into? Uh, that's an absolutely fantastic question, eh? You know, and I think it's the sort of question that is is almost impossible to answer. You know, because I don't think that there is necessarily. Um, there's, I don't feel like there's a step by step formula that, 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 that I personally could give to say if you do this and this and this you'll receive revelation and you'll be on your way you know otherwise I think the church would be humming right now right you know <laughs> like we would have just nailed that and then we'd all be you know the, the, like this, this thing is such a mystery eh you know and to me there, there's such a, a dynamic tension between if you do if you just sit back and do nothing you could spend your whole life doing nothing. You'll never receive anything and you'll stay exactly the way that you always have until you die, you know? But if you try, if you you, you put absolutely every effort into seeking God and studying the scriptures and trying to learn everything, you could go round and round in circles You're equally your whole life and never enter into the true knowledge, you know? And so in some ways, both of those things are two sides of the same coin. They're two sides of the flesh, you know? Like, we've... Um, we have to every every my personal opinion is that every one of us has to somehow find this this place in him where there's um, where his spirit is drawing us in, in, in this place of of seeking him i I know for for me personally there's a hunger that 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 came into me i don't really know where it where it came from I was just hungry to learn and I just found myself um. Him, yeah, you know, you know, um, I, I found myself going, f- 
and finding quiet places to pray and asking questions and, and reading the scriptures. Um, and, you know, for someone else, it could take a completely different physical form, but there was something in me that, that wanted to know. And so I just, I placed myself in environments. I, I, um, I, I ate, I, I prayed, I spent time with him, I asked, sometimes I, I yearned and just longed for, for more of him, you know, and, um, and so I, I think I, it's, um, to, to answer the question, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've each got to find that place. And sometimes it, it looks like simply just positioning ourselves before God and asking for that hunger if we don't have it, you know, and knowing that he's a, he's a good father and he says to, you know, you know, if you ask for a for a fish, he's not going to give you a scorpion. You know, and and and, and I just remember times of even having to take him at his word. You know, um, and he says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And I just remember reading these these scriptures and feeling like, man, I am so outside of that scripture. You know, and but I, I was like, man, this is. This is spoken by Jesus Himself, you know. Like, if if this is real, it's gonna have to be real to me, and I, and I feel like I just grabbed hold of that thing, you know, and didn't let it go. Um, and so even, you know, even positioning ourselves and um, taking God at its at His word and asking the question, asking Him to give us the hunger to even start that process of seeking, you know, um, in whatever way that looks. There's a um, positioning ourselves before him to be able to to be led by him and to receive from him you know so what about what about for others yeah i think um um yeah everything you've said sam i i absolutely agree with and um i think for me it's almost like um with by by receiving him you know from the beginning what it did was it changed my approach towards the living God. So, so how I came to him and the, the awareness that I now get to sort of enjoy knowing him and, and, and sort of being with him, um, that changed. And I, I think just from, from um, being active with him, is when the the spirit would reveal things, you know, and so huh, you can't do that without him, though, you know. So it's quite hard to to even answer that because it's it's like when he comes into your heart, it it opens you up and it gives you this um, oh, just this active wanting to to learn from and to be with and to commune with um and then it's, so it's almost like not striving to, to for him to reveal it's almost like it, it, it talks about god sharing secrets with his friends you know and, and even in this one verse here it says but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the ages for our our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord. I guess what I want to point out from that is that you know these God does have these mysteries, but they're not unknowable. It's just that they can't be revealed any other way other than the Spirit of God. But um, it's almost through like friendship that He reveals Himself 
or revelation, you know, he gives revelation. So it's it's being active in the abiding, but it's not striving. Um, yeah, I think ultimately what we're saying is there's a divine work of grace. Yeah. Excuse me, which must be present. And, and I think, once again, it's so hard to pinpoint because depending on the individual, yes. you know, so if, we, if you start yes. and you don't even know God, it's quite clear that, you know, it, it says that unless God is drawing someone, then how can they ever know? So it starts by a drawing as a non-follower. So you've been drawn, um, you've, you know, received Christ as your Lord and Saviour, and then it then becomes about this this reality of knowing that I can't enter into more in my own ability, but the Bible says if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. That's the activity, isn't it? Yeah, and so then it becomes, okay, am, am I a seeker of my Father? Am I a seeker of what is concealed in? And what does that look like? And that's once again where it can be different for each person. But there needs to be a hungering and a thirsting. You know, come to me all who are thirsty. You know, so there's a coming to a positioning because there's a thirst, which God um, ultimately has to start in a work of grace because as we've looked at today, Paul, Paul was not seeking God. Paul was on a mission to destroy the church and God, you know, sought him out because his life was predestined. He said, now is the time, you know, for this man. So that's a divine work of grace, even though Paul wasn't seeking. And then he became a seeker, you know. So wherever it is, there is a seeking and asking and knocking that's required of us, but not from a place of self-centeredness because that can become where we ask from and that can get in the way of us receiving. And so then it's a posturing of heart uh, that asks, seeks and knocks for the reality in which is being declared. And so I think there needs to be even a mental understanding that there's also more. But that doesn't necessarily create a hungering and a thirsting for a righteousness or a thirst for more, you know. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it, it's outside of our ability. So what can we do if that we've received a divine work of grace that is moving us? It then becomes about our asking, um, our tasting, our wanting, our desiring more than and that's the other tension because sometimes we don't value because we don't have revelation. And so we value our own lives or we value spending time with other people or things or our career or our sport. And so, you know, spirit may be willing, but our flesh is weak. And so we never actually receive. And I think and anyone can ask, eh, you know, and the very fact that if someone's heard something that that there's something in them that says, I want that, you know, to me, that is a, that's yeah. even that is a lot of the time God's divine grace, eh, you know, to open up, man, I, I've, I'm hearing something that's bigger than what I know, but my heart yearns for that, even though I'm outside of that. It's like, man, there's even a, a response can just be as, as simple as. God, can you open that up to me? You know, Holy Spirit, can you te- can you teach me personally about what I've just heard? You know, can uh, you know? Um, and uh, you know, there's an awesome verse in um, in Acts. You know, and Paul is having this 
kind of like confrontation with these guys on on Mars Hill, and he says, um, and he says, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Mm that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. And, and you know, to me that's a, a powerful scripture. You know, he's saying that, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been firstly created by God. We, are, we, we live and breathe and we're on this planet because of his appointment, you know. Um, and he said that, and we're here for a reason that that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us, you know. And it's like, man, the fact that we have breath means we've got an opportunity to know Him, you know. Um, and so, for some of us, it might just look like asking that question, you know, and um, and without necessarily needing to wait. F- from for the fireworks from heaven, it might just mean taking the first step and asking the first question, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, that word mature, which we'll all see at some point, um, where he says in talking to the mature, you know, it talks about being complete in all its parts and coming into completion by fulfilling the necessary process. And I think that's really important to remember for 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 every believer that um, Greg, like you said, you know, we we are different, and um, and. Because God is so personal, he will reveal what he needs to reveal to each of us, that every part of us is completed. And it's almost in every stage of being made complete is where uh, the yearning for more becomes greater. The, the understanding that there's more is revealed. And the, the, the more we receive at every part of the process knowing that he's going to fulfill every stage into maturity because that's part of why he reveals himself, right, is that we would be made complete, that we would be made whole and that it's necessary that every part of us is being fulfilled at every stage, you know. And so how he reveals himself to us in a personal way is he's going to reveal what we need to receive in order to be made complete where we're at. You know, um, and I think when we hear a word that's spoken, you know, a mature word, we, we, regardless of where we are at, you know, in our in our journey, because it's the more and it's the finished and it's the full, we already know that because we're in part and we're in process that that yearning and hunger comes, and I think that's when you go that activity comes up where you go, oh man, I. I want to sit with him and I want him to reveal that to me. And it might not be in the fullness of what we've heard in the word, but it has the power and the potential for every believer to come into the complete work. Um, but it, I think it, it's, it's really important to remember that we are at different stages and are all in process, but God is so faithful to fulfill every part to make us complete. Um, yeah, and I think that's the challenge, isn't it? Is that He is faithful. It's whether we are, and it's whether we're found where we need to be found. He's always there, He's always waiting, and He's always willing to do what He says He's going to do. It's just whether we are, you know, and, and I love the Martha Mary. You know, Mary is found in the right place. 
Martha's not, but they're both in the house. So even though they're physically in the house, one is found and one isn't. And I think this is the challenge because in this passage, you know, it's it's the spirit, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. And it says, you know, like God has prepared all these things to those who love him. So then we've got to bring up how much do we love him because it's revealed through the spirit. So those who truly love will be found in the right place wanting more. And the more you receive, the more you want. And the hungrier and the thirstier you get. So the seeking intensifies, the asking intensifies, the knocking intensifies. You're busting and bursting (laughs) down his door, you know, going, well, I'm here and I'm up and I'm ready because you're ready. And then there's this fellowship where he starts to show you these things that are hidden that have been concealed before the foundations of the earth for us to know through his power. You know, that the spirit of God reveals the mind of God, you know. But the natural man has no understanding. And so when Paul speaks, he's speaking spiritual thoughts, spiritual words that have come through the resurrection, that have come through the power of God to bring to light these things that are hidden. And so challenge for the church is to truly be of this eternal to truly be of this resurrected power to not just know the words of the message or know the message but to know the messenger and the power of the messenger who said i am the very resurrection that brings to light this kingdom dimension that i brought with me when i came so you need a brand new way of thinking repent otherwise you'll always be outside of and not entering into, like he spoke to Nicodemus, you know, because it's actually hidden from you all, but it's for you all, but I'm going to bring you into it through power. And so this asking, seeking, knocking, once you've tasted through a divine work, then becomes this manifestation of a greater hunger. And I love it. It says, you know, here's some talents. Well, what did you do? Well, I buried it. Well, give that to that. And this is where it becomes, and I know my own testimony, especially the last 10 years or 11 years, there's been this acceleration of revelation. Like it's just not hard anymore. It's like even this morning, you know, you get, you get too much. Do you know, it's like even now, you could, like, we could probably speak for all day and come back tomorrow and we'll see you here and, you know, we'll have a shower and here we go. Because there's this abundance of mana, food, eternal food in the unseen that he's showing you. And it actually makes it even harder because, as Paul's saying, you know, yet we do speak wisdom among the mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age. So the challenge now becomes the ability to hear something that isn't of earth, even though it's being used to describe it through an English language or another natural language. But it's not of earth, you know. Um, And it's concealed, it's hidden, but it's there. And God wants to open all of this realm up to us um, because it's taught by the Spirit, you know. It's not taught to us by man, even though it might come out of a vessel that's human. Ultimately, it's the Spirit of God. And we've looked at this before and we got this word in lockdown that, that God wants to be all of our teacher. 
You know, Jeremiah prophesied. We see it written in Hebrews. We see it captured in John too, that a time has come where God is going to write everything on our hearts. Man will not need another man, but the anointing where God will be his teacher. What for? To bring to light all these mysteries that are concealed that God has already prepared. But if we're not a people of faith through power, then we have no faith or very little faith. All we may actually have a conviction of is that God is real, you know, or he saved me and I live from that. I, you know, I, I don't have any more than that, so I can't speak of this wisdom, which also means I'm possibly going to be a little bit hard of hearing to try and hear something that's so big that I write it off. You know? And I think that there can be a danger being in that position because when you hear people speaking the spiritual wisdom, what he says in here, that that's for the mature, you can easily feel isolated from that conversation because you, because you don't know how to enter in other than through academic knowledge, you know? And so when there's when there's a conversation happening that's that's you know, that's truly actually of the spirit, you know, to me, there's it's a real dynamic tension. It says, is that going to encourage and inspire us to to then go and ask the questions, you know, and to seek him and what we've been talking about before, you know, or will it repel us because we're more concerned about our reputation and whether we are perceived as being spiritual or not, or anything like that, you know, or will it will it produce in us a longing and a hunger? So that through that you hear something that's bigger than what you know and it, and it whets your appetite so that you can come and join in that conversation, you know, and participate and partake in what it is that is truly of the Spirit, you know. That's right. And, and sorry, just, I was going to say one more thing, you know, because it says, you know, um, uh, um, it, it, it talks about what God has given to those who love him, you know? Um, so I've, 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 I can't find. I know it's in here. Um, where, where it talks about it's, it's God's gift to to bring that revelation. You know, um, I'll find it. We, yeah. you, you go, yeah. Mel, and then I'll come yeah. back to it. Oh no, I was just thinking. Um, you were talking about you know these spiritual conversations that can happen, and we can feel like we're on the out, or we can be. Uh, you know, wanting to whet our appetites and be part of it. And I remember um, when I first came to New Zealand and I was a, a baby Christian and I was working for Zeal and we we, we went away um, together and, and Greg, you were, you were there as well. So I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but <laughs> I don't even think you knew I existed then. But I remember you and Brooke Turner having this, this conversation started and I remember, um, you know, everyone went out to go do things, but I wanted to, I wanted to hear what they were going to talk about. And I remember staying put and just listening, and just it, it was that very thing of like, man, I, they're talking, what they're talking about is is maybe a bit over my head, but it's it's enough for me that wants to stay and hear and incline my ear because it's. You know, it's making my heart burn, and this is where I want to be. You know, and um, so yeah, it just reminded me of that that conversation. You know, where I think, um, yeah, the the difference of like once you've tasted, you want more, and you'll you'll find yourself wherever you can where others are doing the same. You know, and and you want to share in that, but. 
But if not, then you you do. You feel like an outsider and, and probably like, oh, can I enter in? Am I, you know, am I worthy? Do I have the quality of, am I qualified, you know? Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's different, you know? And once again, we're back to this power, aren't we? This power that brings to light this faith. Because if, if two people are discussing a reality that they can see in the unseen mm. because God has opened it up through revelation, then it, it, it's testing, like it says. You know, God tests. So your heart's being tested and hearts are being tested. Who's got, a, who's got an appetite for what's being said even though I can't see it? So I can't enter into this reality per se, but I can listen to it and I can ask questions of it. Even if I can't contribute at this point. Which is back to because I love them. Mm. Because there's a love that that is tested Mm. Mm. because it's of Him. And the Holy Spirit wants to open it up Mm. to us. But once again, everything is, is in relation to His power opens up this realm for us to see which comes through our ability to hear because faith is birthed through hearing a very specific word, the word of God of the spirit, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's a spiritual sight produced through a spiritual hearing from a spiritual word. Mm -hmm. And it's our ability to hear that because of the power of God that's bringing us into that because we are on a pursuit of coming to know everything that's in him. That's right that's in him just for who he is, his purpose and his plans that we can live. And so we're then able to live this life out here on earth, which is eternal mm, mm. and overcomes. And ultimately that's the purpose of, of God is, is, is this for us to know him, for us to be this demonstration of him. Um, and yet everything is concealed in him. You know, and, and and I love that <laughs> because it actually takes the onus off me and us, and that's obviously where true rest is truly found. Yeah. Um, while at the same time, if I haven't come to that place myself of being emptied of me, I'm still trying to enter into a reality that I'm never going to enter into, and that's full of frustration and disillusionment and unrest and ultimately death, mm. spiritual mm. death, because it's it's not. It's not the, the, the operating system that produces life. Um, That's what it says. Eh? It says the wisdom of this age and of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Some, and some versions say are coming to naught. You know? <laughs> I'm like, whoa. But that's it because it's, it's, if it's of human nature and essence, it's going to expire. Mm. It's all going to come to an end. And God is so merciful, way eh, that I admit in my mind, He set things up in such a way that we would get so frustrated and so dis- disillusioned in having spent so much effort and realizing that it's not the way in, that all of a sudden we would fi- we would finally reach that point where we just I'm like, man, I just can't do this anymore, yeah. you know, and then truly find this position of actually, oh, it's not from what I, it's not because of what I've done is because of his power at work you know that that opens this thing up to me you know and I think that's why it says that the that the tutor the law was given as a tutor to lead us to Christ you know to show us that we are so completely unable to do what we want to do that we finally acknowledge that we can't and then we can <laughs> yeah. by his power and discovering this new source of strength that comes by his spirit you know mm. And it's the same reality, isn't it? 
it's it's like we all acknowledge that we can't save ourselves. So we all acknowledge that that we can't actually take ourselves from this state. But then we forget that reality. And then we try to bring ourselves into knowledge through ourselves, you know, as opposed to realizing, you know, I couldn't save myself. I was dead in sin and transgression. Well, just as much as I couldn't save myself, I can't change myself. I can't bring myself into this thing called faith. I can't muster this thing up. But that's what we've done. We've created our version of it. And if we speak it loud enough, if we yell it loud enough, if we dance around the table loud enough, somehow we're going to have this thing called faith. If we say things like, increase our faith, Lord, and he says, no, 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 if you had faith, you'd actually speak a whole different way of being because you realize faith comes from hearing me and not one of you has been able to hear me yet. You know, I, I speak and you think I'm talking about other things. So you have no faith, Sam, because you can't hear this word. So you ask me to increase something which is anti because you set your mind on your interests. So that's not my way. So then you have no or little faith, which is the always saying to them when you read the scriptures, you know, it's like they were more afraid when he was actually in the boat than when he was out of the boat because they're like, oh my goodness, who's this guy that's now calming the waves? He said, are you still afraid? You still have no faith. You know, so there's this dimension. So then we create our own faith, which we then speak of, which is of the flesh. People agree with it, and their lives reflect it. You know, so it leaves us powerless. Faith is full of power. Faith is full of life. Faith is full of conviction. Faith overcomes the trials and the temptations and the things thrown us, whether they're physical, emotional, mental. This dimension of this knowledge of God enables and empowers an ability to live eternal life just like Jesus. He was not phased by the things that were of the earth. You know, he loves us but he's not phased and he just walked out in peace, in joy, in rest, in power this life because he was the demonstration of a faith lived out. And I love Paul, and Paul is wrestling for the same dimension here. And, you know, I know there's still, there's still a massive part of us that still has to come into this reality that, you know, a man can do nothing, you know, unless it's revealed. John 3.27, you know, when they were complaining about he's baptizing. They said, well, no, it's because he's been given. And he can't, a man can do nothing unless it's through revelation. Um and yet, you know, it says here the spirit. I love in verse uh, eleven, just the second part. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Like, why do we think we know anything unless it's been revealed? You know, flesh and blood, blood. Sorry, cannot, cannot. Only this one knows, and it's for the purpose of safeguarding us, so we don't get led astray. So then we also don't communicate a false faith, a false reality, and lead others astray. And then there's a promise, eh? You know, he says, you know, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God, you know. But then he goes on to say, um, you know, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. This is what I was looking for before. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, you know? Mm. And to me, it's like, just as, as I can't actually physically go into your brain and understand what your thoughts are, you know, that, that's, everyone would acknowledge that's physically impossible, you know? Even mind readers can try and do some sort of form of it, but, but can't, you know? He's saying, in the same way that you can't read someone else's thoughts, why do you think you can read God's thoughts, you know? 
by reading the scripture. You know that 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 is totally not possible. You know, there's there's nothing about reading the scripture that can bring you into seeing and thinking God's thoughts. Eh? You know, but He said, "I've but I've given you something that's going to empower and enable you to do that." It's called the Holy Spirit. You so, know, and He will, and it doesn't say, um, you know, so that we may know the things. Um, that um, that we have learnt about God, but it says it's the things that have been freely given to us by God. You know, right. that that when the Holy Spirit opens up this unseen realm to us, all of a sudden we know about the things that have been freely given to us. You know, it's like that song that we played at at, at the well. I think, I think it's called the well, eh? You know, like um, you know, constantly trying to do these things for God, having not realized what we've actually already received from Him. You know, and that's the beauty and the power of the gospel is that He opens up the the eyes of our spiritual understanding to what has been freely given and the work that's been done actually before the foundations of the world, you know, so yes. that we can live from it instead of trying to work it out in our own ability. You know? Yes, that's right. And and I think, um, you know, f- for us that have experienced the power of God bringing us from death to life, knowing that it's the same power that rose Christ from the grave, is the same power that not only brought us into the light, but actually empowers the life of Christ through us, you know, and that that same spirit that has plucked us out of darkness into light and then given us the divine enablement to live as Christ means that it's that he's also given us insight, which is an inner sight of God's heart and being. And so we can know the thoughts of God and we can know his heart and his good intentions and um it, it yeah it's it's but again it has to be that personal innate experience of knowing we've been delivered by the most high god and that because of his divine ability we've been thrust into his life and now on earth we can live uh by the spirit and the insights into the unseen realm, we have insight into the unseen realm that we can call and greet, as we talked about in Hebrews 11, call and welcome into our daily lives on the earth. Um, but we can't do that without the power of, and the Holy Spirit, you know. And that's where our hope is anchored in. That's where our joy is anchored. It's, it's all eternal. Yeah. And so I just want us to look at Hebrews eleven thirteen because it's the promises it's the life that's in that unseen realm that's part of our identity and our purpose and God's plans that through revelation through power revealing is what enables and empowers us to live like Abraham Isaac Jacob all these amazing people of faith because it's by faith you know it's what again it enables you to overcome this life that that throws you curveballs you know death disease, sickness, loss, um, pain, heartache, hurt. You know, so often people say, why God? Why God did allow this? Well, you know, a lot of time it's man. Man's caused all that stuff and God has put an absolute plan in place for man to overcome that. But man is unaware of this reality because he can't see it, because he has no insight. You know, Jesus said that to his disciples. He says, do you still have no insight? After the feeding of the 5,000, have you not learnt what that was really about? You know, we think it's about healing. Uh, Sorry, we think it's about feeding, literal, and it's not. It's a miracle which, sure, 
fed people, but he's going, that's a means to something far greater, and you're missing it. The eyes of your heart are still closed, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's a seeing from the inner. Yeah, it's, it's, it's knowing that I am the eternal food, and if you eat me, this eternal realm opens up. Mm. But you're transfixed and just worship the miracle, you know? Um, and, and this, you know, so this Hebrews 11 and 13 says, And these died in faith, these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and aliens on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You know, we're back to what has God already prepared for things that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. Well, one of them is a city. You know the future city that he is he has prepared. Can you see it? You know, and then by faith Abraham and I love this when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. He'd received these promises by the single faith, and because of that he offered up his son. So he sees the reality, and we were talking, weren't we, about these promises that are now, now, and the promises that are future now. And so the promise now, now is he was going to have a son. And so how can, how can the son die when he's going to be who all the nations come through and it hasn't happened? You know? So Abraham has this revelation he has faith through power and he sees and he knows that Isaac is going to be the one that the nations come through. So he's never going to die and if he does die, he's also got this other revelation of faith that God can raise him as a type. Because it says in John uh, 8.56 that Abraham saw the resurrection of Christ. So he has faith. He's, faith. he's seeing this unseen dimension and this is years. This is we're going back thousands of years before Christ ever was. But this man's able to see. That's why he's the father of faith. He's the father of seeing into the unseen. And yet it says there's these other promises which are future in verse thirteen. And all these died. So all these people died in this ability to see. See, because whenever you think faith, think seeing the unseen, conviction of what's in the unseen, without receiving the promises, but having seen them. Well, they're the future promises receiving them tangibly because they are not yet in this dimension, but they're going to be, and yet they receive the power of them, the enablement of them. And this d- determines how we live our lives on earth. If you know and if you know you're anchored and you're living for something far greater, then like it says in Hebrews and other passages, you give up this for that. You know, you're going to leave this earth and you're not even looking back behind it while you're on it because you're seeing something far greater heavenly and you've got a heavenly calling and you I love it says you call yourselves exiles and strangers on the earth you're not citizens of earth 
you're citizens of heaven, you're ambassadors from another realm, living on earth, but you're not anchored, you've been unhinged from this earth because of what you're looking at, faith, what you're seeing, these promises that are eternal in a hidden realm, and you're partaking of them because they're all in Christ, and you're aligned with these men. And so as you get to the end of 11.10, you know, let's read it, it's just fantastic, uh, 39, and all these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. That's the body. <laughs> That's right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and this yeah. is this is so, so there's, there's people that have gone before us and us now and who's coming after us. Yeah. We arrive. They're waiting. They're yeah. waiting right now in eternity. That's come right. on, you lot. Cheering Get us going. On. Come on. Because mm-hmm. until you come in, because you've lived a life of faith like us, because you saw like we saw, because it's the same That's city, right. isn't it? Same promise. What are this? All these promises in Christ, the bride of Christ, the millennial reign with Christ. But at the same time, love is a promise. That's mm. in Christ mm. to know a hope that's anchored beyond the veil, the priesthood that we're to be priests is a promise, yeah. and we're the one and the same. So it's the same people. Yeah. We're of the same kind. That's right. Who have left us the, the testimony, right. right? And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and so what they had declared all those years ago, and what we're still here today has the power of the prophetic to call us into the same and even future generations. And it, it, it's just stunning, isn't it? It's, it, it, yeah. <laughs> I, you and, and even Wait. as much as they had and as genuine as, and incredible as their faith was, it says that Abraham saw our day and that he was glad. He rejoiced. By, he rejoiced, you know. <laughs> and and so these these men who, like Abraham, lived such an incredible life, saw, saw in the unseen realm to such an extent that he was able to physically sacrifice his own son, knowing that he'd been raised back, seeing the future promise. And, and, and the scriptures say that even as much as they saw, he rejoiced to see our day because the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out to the church to bring an even greater clarity of revelation knowledge on the inside of what God's purposes were through Christ's day, you know? And it's like, man, if they were so empowered to live that they, the way that they lived under, you know, in in those days, and, and, and they say there's something even greater for us as the body of Christ now, what is it that's sitting in the unseen realm for us to access that we may not have even seen yet, but we can see by the Holy Spirit? You know, it's like, man, there's there's a lot on offer, eh? And that's where the true demonstration comes from, isn't it? It's not trying, but it's through seeing, receiving, because it says he received the promises, and these promises are to be received, you know, like it it, it says there in um, 13, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them, so those are the, you know, and it says, and having welcomed them from a distance, then they confessed, so yes, they, they they received the promise spiritually, even though they are not yet the city, you know, and, and yet they he received the promises about his son. So they'd receive both. I mean, that's powerful. So then you live a powerful life. 
It's not this. I'm struggling to get by. I'm 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 surviving life. I'm just barely making it. I'm sinking, and and life is all consuming. It's this ability and this capacity to ride above that life, because not because of you, but because of His power is literally propelling you into a reality here, and renewing here. And you receive these promises, which is the word of God, which is Christ, which is power. We're back to this power. And now from the promise, I live. So when I'm confronted with this, well, that's momentary. That's temporal. And yet that very thing produces more of what I'm in. It's producing more of an eternal weight of glory because I see it for what it is. You know, so then I can use it, harness it, rather than have it create something in me or death, it creates life, you know. Um, I love that they confessed, you know, they confessed that they were aliens and strangers here on the earth. It was almost like they didn't go out to preach to the world. It was like the confession came out of them as the circumstances somehow drew out what it was that they were living from and for, you know. And so when, when put in the situation... They confess they were aliens and you know and strangers here on the earth, you know. And to me, even just think about even people like um, Noah, you know. And it says that he was a preacher of righteousness. Yet there's absolutely no record that I can find in Scripture of him even preaching a message or giving a sermon or anything like that. But there was something about his life that was a proclamation to, I think, the unseen realm and the seen realm of what it means to live by faith. And to me, it's the same with Abraham. You know, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, a preacher per se, but his life confessed and gave testimony to the realm that he saw and lived from, you know, the power of God within him. And that's what upsets the earth, is the demonstration of another life on earth, that it well, it says about Noah that he actually, it says that he condemned the world because of his righteousness. I thought we weren't supposed to condemn people, you know. But actually his life was his such his a testament yeah. to, you know, who it was inside of him and the way that he lived, living from this heavenly realm, that that there was something so incredible but also jarring about that life that almost it divided soul from spirit yeah. eh? you know and it, and it highlighted this is what is possible for those who live by faith you can live like this and you know um and it says about jesus that you know it says that um um i'm just trying to i'm just trying to remember the exact words you know but but that he was hated um because he revealed that the deeds of man were evil, you know, and I think that that is he, that wasn't it wasn't necessarily deliberate. That wasn't no. what he came to do. Yep. It was just that in being and who he was and what he demonstrated, signaled it, it signaled there's a higher calling for you to live in and from than just what you're living yeah. in, you know. It demonstrates a wisdom, and that's the thing. It's like when people see that wisdom, they're challenged by that reality, especially if it's where to be it. Because it, all of a sudden it starts asking questions. It's like, so that's what I'm called for. This is who the church is. You know, and I, I do believe there's an identity crisis in the body of Christ. You know, it's like the messages that, we, that have gone forth, it's like, you know, the, the, who we really are and how we've been called to live. You know, and we're seeing it here. You know, this is the standard by faith. 
you know, by faith. And I love you talking about Noah, and I know we've talked about this about three or four weeks ago, you know, by faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen. So God opens up a reality that Noah can't see, and that's what the reverence for built an ark. And yet it says, Isaiah says, you know, you guys, you honor me with your lips, but you remove your hearts. And your reverence for me is in traditions learnt by rote. So Noah's reverence for what he could see in the unseen and the demonstration of the ark came from what he saw, a righteous work. You know, and he he turns around to the Israelites and said, you guys, you say all the right stuff, but you actually remove the place of life. You remove your heart because you still want to live, even though you give me lip service. He says, and so your reverence for me is in traditions, and you've learned them by rote. And that's what Saul was. Ultimately, that's who Saul was. And we come back to the start going, this was Saul. I've got all this stuff. I've got all the zeal, but not in accordance with the knowledge of truth. Who wrote that? Paul. Paul saying these people have all this zeal, but not in accordance with the knowledge of truth. Because it was me. And so it had me running the other way. Because I couldn't see. Because I was living for man's wisdom. Not the power of God. And then I had an encounter. And then I go, I know nothing. Mm. I really know nothing. And this getting back to this emptied and coming as a child. And on the power of God alone through the resurrected power that brings us into this realm that now enables us to live lives of faith because what we're seeing, you know, all based on the spirit that's doing this work because we're hungry and we're thirsty and all that's been prepared. You know, Hebrews and 1 Corinthians is all interconnected. I mean, the whole thing's interconnected to one, but it's like, what are these things? that eye has not seen yet. Well, what is it for you? What is it for me? It might be different because I can tell you about the things that I've seen, things that have changed me. I know because I knew I didn't know that there's still things I'm not knowing. (laughs) But now I have a hunger and thirst for what I don't know because I was awakened to a realm I didn't know. know? And so this, this positioning that the question was asked and the seeking and what does that look like? You know, it's quite different to what it used to. Um, final thoughts, guys, before we wrap it up, maybe for the day? No, I just Words of encouragement, maybe? I just think it's, it's been awesome, you know, and in and, and, and all of this, to me, the, the key thing is that it's so God's heart to open up this realm to us, eh? You know, like I feel like it can sound narrow and it is narrow but his heart is his heart beats for us to to enter into everything that he has for us you know and so i guess that probably if i think about the words words of encouragement to me it's just like you know we've we've got opportunity while we've still got breath to enter into this thing and actually it says that we've been predestined you know to be conformed to the image of the son you know we've been predestined to know him in this way that we're describing a way that's bigger than just intellectual knowledge but actually is true genuine revelation knowledge through power by the holy spirit inside of us you know like that's his heartbeat for us um and this is the kingdom of 
kingdom is at hand. It's just, it's within reach. You know, it is attainable to us, not through the, the tree of knowledge, but that the tree of life is available for us to partake of by the Holy Spirit. You know. just really do want to encourage us to, um, you know, it's not based on our qualifications. It's not based on what we do. It's not based on our strength. It's based on him. And that's where true life is found. That's where rest is found. So we just want to encourage you to be a seeker of him, uh, not just on your own too. Do it together. Walk this out with one another. It's the pattern. It's the design of God. He came and walked with 12 men uh, intimately uh, and shared his heart in the hope wasn't it, that they would capture this and then he sent the Spirit. And as we've looked at today, it's the Spirit's role to bring to light and life this life in Christ that we can walk by faith. So have an awesome afternoon, have a cool week, and depending on the decisions made, we may see you next Sunday morning here again, or we may see you in another format.